This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Show served up hot and fresh here on the fan live from the G. Wagner Plumbing Studios for all your plumbing needs. Check them out at GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson, the Packer Hall of Famer, inventor of the Lambo League, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist Leroy Butler here as well. Three o'clock. New hour, new topic. Do you like that the Packers yeah, are that was a fast hour. changing their offensive philosophy? you like that the Packers are changing their offensive philosophy? Now, we could say that they changed their offensive philosophy to a certain degree last year with their drawback percentage going from highest uh, in the NFL uh, to 13th uh, highest in the NFL. But now it looks like uh, that it's going to take another uh, step back as far as the amount of times they're going to pass the football going forward. More run-oriented going forward based on all indications of what they did in the draft and so forth. So are you are do you like that the Packers are changing their offensive philosophy? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1057FM the fan. Gary Ellerson, what say you? Well, I mean, I this is a tough situation with, with the Green Bay Packers in there. I, listen, I don't know if we quite figured out that this whole thing was going to change. I mean, I, I know we, because what we heard in the beginning, well, we want to work with Rodgers, and it's going to be Rodgers. He's got some say-so. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my playbook. It's going to be Rodgers. We want to blend all this stuff together. And then you remember we had the whole, <laughs> uh, can you audible, can you not audible? Then we had like, oh, well, no, it's a check with me's. And so I, I think most Packers, right, when most Packer fans thought that maybe it, it's going to be like a working relationship. Like, you know, we're going to, we're going to melt what, what you like to do, Rodgers, and what I like to do. We It's going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit of McCarthy's offense, a little bit of what you want to do, and a little bit of what I want to do. I think that's what we were led to believe early on, I mean, when this thing first started. And then a, little, a couple of little things start coming out where, you know, LaFleur had came out and said, well, you know, it was a good play, but, you know, I, I scripted the play. I know I know what guy's going to be open because I know because I'm set the coverages, so I know what the first read should be. And then Rodgers, I think, throws a touchdown, and Jimmy Graham was a great play. And, of course, it, it worked, but it didn't work the way LaFleur. I think that was the first sign of maybe, you know, the offense is not kind of working like they wanted to, or maybe Rodgers was still doing his own thing. And then we got into the whole thing. A guy been in the league for 15 years. Did we want to take it away? from him because this is what he's good at but this is not LaFleur's offense so we had all that going on I think we had it going on for the better part of the year and then all of a sudden they start winning and then it went away and that's what winning does winning cured all ills but I still think somewhere in there Steve I still think Leroy I still think we had some 
underlying, some bubbling up, if you if you would. And I, I think what we got right now, I think this year's draft told us that most certainly the, the Mike McCarthy offense that we've seen, the the way that Aaron Rodgers wants to play, feels like to me is slowly coming to an end. And we'll see how it plays out. We talked about we talked with one guy and said that they said this offense they want to run the ball. I don't what it was. It Steve was at 55, 60 percent of the time. Well, they want to they be. they ran it uh, or they threw it. I should say like fifty nine percent of the time. And I think the number right. they want to get down to, based on what the Niners did last year, was somewhere around 52%. Right. That's what, I think that's what they were saying. So they want to get almost like 50-50. It's kind of really what they right. want, if they could add yep. it. Uh, but we did see an increase in touchdowns, right? Runs with Aaron Jones. I mean, we saw that. It did increase. I mean, there were a couple of times we never thought it. I wish we had 80 Lacey, but maybe, maybe we have one in this Dylan kid. But there were a couple of times where they ran um, uh, Jones on second and one, you know, on third and goal, where he was getting nice plays, full plays, inside plays, where they run a lot of inside zone with him for for touchdowns. So his touchdown numbers were up. I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at this offense, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday, this offense is Shanahan's offense. No one better to talk about this offense, I should say, dare I say, is Leroy Butler because they faced it with Terrell Davis. And I me, mean, I think at the end of the day, when they went back and 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 took the ball, so to speak, out of John Elway's hands, this is the offense that they were running. I'll be at, I would say this, and I think Leroy would agree, though they may have had better talent, I mean the Broncos, than what the Packers do right now offensively. Leroy, your thoughts on the Packers changing their offensive philosophy? Now, I think that for the most part, they were saying they wanted to do this when he first brought it in. But the gold standard, the gold standard is San Francisco, because that's what he knows. And a lot of these coaches put these game plans together, what they think works. And they're hard to change, very hard to change, because you have to set a precedent on what's our bread and butter and what's our go-to. And I'm going to tell you something, that third-round pick, that tight end, that's exactly what they want. They want a guy just like George Kittle, not to say he's going to be George Kittle, but put his hands on his knees and look inside, off the ball. He's going to be trapping. He's going to come down. He's going to trap the nose guard. The center going to go to the next level. Aaron Jones right up the middle, out the door. They want to do that kind of stuff and play action. They don't want Aaron to hold the ball while guys get down the field. But they also want to be able to. I don't know if y'all remember this, but I remember uh, LaFleur when he came in. He said, well, you know, I'm open to keeping some of the terminology and some of the things that McCarthy did. Because some of the things McCarthy did was very good. And that's what everybody in this building knows. So he had to change things. So and he was doing it right in front of your eyes. It started with the building, changing pictures and paints and everything. It has to feel like his offense, especially when he makes the calls. Now, the reason why I say it's the gold standard, he tried to get his brother from San Francisco, and they yeah. were like, nah, we, nah bro, we, we ain't trying to hear that. Because that would have been a good way to help everybody go through it, but it wasn't that's the case. He brought Hackett from Jacksonville, brought all these guys in, they got to kind of learn it, too. It would have been nice for him to have four to five guys on the offensive side who can implement the program easier with these guys. But when you got quarterback coach and you got coordinators and all these people that didn't really know the offense, they got to learn it themselves before they implement it to the guys. Okay, a year removed, 
This is what we want to do. And the reason why we want to do it is that's the one team we can't seem to beat to get to the Super Bowl. So just like I said, just like Bugs Bunny, if you can't beat them, you join them. This is a copycat league. We know this. But that offense doesn't fit for everybody if you don't have the right personnel. But with this personnel, you don't need all a bunch of pro bowlers. You just need guys to buy into it, do their job, and just keep your head down and play. And that's what he wants. That's what this whole draft was about. And it takes days after this sets in to say, oh, that's what they're saying. But in the meantime, it's just like having your cake and eating it too. We can still compete for playoff Super Bowls. If we get you know lucky, everybody's healthy. But at the same time, my offense can get us there. But I need everybody to buy in. That's from the top to the bottom. All right, there's Gary and Leroy. What is your opinion on this? Uh, do you like that the Packers are changing their offensive philosophy? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. L in Philadelphia, you're next on the fan. Hey, what's up, guys? What's, what's up, L? What's up, my brother? Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to speak about the other topic about Brett Favre, but um, I'll, I'll go ahead with y'all. And so, um, well, uh, okay, so Brett Favre being a uh, do both? Okay, both. real quick. Yeah. Brett Favre, I think, I think Brett Favre being Aaron Rodgers would hurt the Packers. Yeah, I think it would in a sense because Brett Favre is a straight diva, man. He gets on my nerves. Like, <laughs> what the youngest call it? Um, clout chasing? He's the biggest clout chaser. Like, if he ain't selling uh, the copper fit, he's selling Wrangler. If he ain't doing Wrangler, he's doing something else. Like, go sit down somewhere, man. Like, no one cares about how you felt about when you were here because you had ample opportunities to – to, to do what you wanted to do in a, in a respectful way. You can't hold a franchise hostage every year at the end of the year when stuff don't go your way. Oh, I'm going to retire. Oh, I'm not going to retire. Oh, I don't know. Like, you teetering on the fence when you got a young pup behind you watching you do this stuff. And on top of that, supposed to be under your tutelage. And you're supposed to be giving them the game. And he didn't. So why I don't understand how all of a sudden these guys are, like, the biggest friends when he was so cold towards Aaron Rodgers when he first came to the Packers. Like, what happened to where that changed? So I don't know, but I could definitely see him trying to plant an evil seed into Aaron Rodgers and to him not wanting to be with the Packers and turning them against them. But hopefully Aaron Rodgers, as they say, he's so stubborn and he's stuck in his ways that he's not paying what's name any mind and he does pretty much have a mind of his own and just want to play out his contract and do what he wants to do. So that's my take on that. But um, then the offense changing. Everybody complained about the offense being so vanilla and so plain and Everybody knowing what we're doing and yep. the same three rides and so so it's stale. Thank you. So now yeah. that it's changing, I don't understand what the problem is. I love the fact that it's changing. We need to change with the get with the times. Um, and part of that is you know running the ball more. You know misdirection, a bunch of motion, so on and so forth, jet sweeps. I like to see all that stuff because you can't just come out there and expect Aaron, go go out three or four wides and expect Aaron Rodgers to improvise draw stuff in the dirt every play, and we win games like that. We could win some game, but we're not going to win the Super Bowl playing that way. You have to have balance. We finally got a defense that's definitely on the up, and now we got a, a person that believes in running the ball because running the ball at the end of the day is what win championships. So that's, that's how I look at it. You got to have some type of run play or some type of deception to where you're fooling the other offense. You can't just come out there, pass, 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 and outsmart everybody because it's not going to work. So I'm for it. Thank well, you. you're right about Thanks that. For Thanks for the phone call. call. You're right about that because, it, that you're, Leroy, you're right. Everybody was talking about that, that, that this offense was stale. It was stagnant. Individual yep. routes. 
And it was about that. It was about personnel. It was about my guy beating your guy. And, and there was, you know, in some cases, there was no build on top of routes and those types of things. I'm interested to see what they do in Dallas with, with McCarthy there. Will he have some influence there? But right now, you're right. This is an offensive system, and it's predicated on a run game, and everything is built off that. And now, you, you're probably still going to have those times where he sees a matchup with Devontae Adams, going to like it, and then he's going to throw it over there. I mean, I don't know if you ever take that out of him, but I think for the most part, this offense has a base and is predicated on that base and to build with the run game and play off that. It, you know what? And I don't know. It, it'll save Rodgers' career, that's for sure. I mean, he won't get hit sure as much, will. and he'll play longer if, if, if they all buy into to this notion. He is Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, and you. The Wendy's Big Show served up hot and fresh here on the Fanny Lake. The what the Packers are changing their offensive philosophy to. Are you a fan of it? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1057FMTheFan. Uh, this portion of the Wendy's Big Show is brought to you by True Green. Times are challenging right now in Milwaukee, but True Green knows the grass will get greener. Call 866-967-7012 or go to truegreen.com slash radio to save 50% on your spring application. Again, that's truegreen.com slash radio. True Green will take care of your lawn. You take care of you. Wendy's Big Show served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, the executive producer on this show is Dan Plucker. Plug. He's here for you each and every day, and uh, he's the one that books all of our guests, takes your calls, gets all the great sound that you hear on the show, so uh, thanks to him for doing a great job here on The Wendy's Big Show. The question is, do you like that the Packers are changing their offensive philosophy? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Got a bunch of things coming in on Twitter, and for the most part, everybody's pretty happy with it. Uh, Jay tweets at the fan, the philosophy they want to switch to seems to be, quote, late-stage career quarterback, end quote, friendly. So in theory, it sounds good. Now they have to make it work in practice. Got another tweet here from Dave who says, absolutely, this is exactly how to extend Rodgers' career and give him the best chance to win. Run the San Fran offense and make them a run-first team. Aaron just needs to buy in. Aaron taking four-step drops and winging it all over the field like he's 27 is not the way to play at 37, says Dave, tweeting at the fan. What do you say to that, Leroy? I think it's going to be have to be a lot of life-changing experiences with the, the McCarthy offense, McCarthy thinking. I don't think it's all the way done it's not going to just disappear out of Aaron's brain it's just not and so for anybody to come to they're doing these virtual workouts now any of these guys who came in the last I'll say the last three years 
Or if you take a guy like, uh, let's go with Devontae Adams, who benefited, benefited in one particular offense. Now you're basically saying instead of 150 targets, you may get like 85. And you're going to have to block. And you're going to have to do more emotions and do kind of be more of a, you may not get the big numbers. Sometimes that sit well with guys. Sometimes it doesn't. It really don't. But I just cannot get out of my head every week. Guys were just saying, I know, I know. Me and Steve really wanted Aaron Jones to get a lot of kit, uh, totes when I, you know, carrying the ball. I didn't necessarily want everybody to get a lot of carries, but it seemed like to me, in the next few years, is either get in where you fit in, or they're gonna flip the roster. So that's what was a good question we had yesterday, uh, Gary and Steve. The, the three or four guys are going to get the big money, or they're going to flip those guys, and that's when it's going to really hurt this roster. And then yes, you're going to see some seven and nines and six and tens. I'm saying you can do both. All you right, you really can do both. Let's uh, get to a caller here, Dave in Bayview. You're next on the Wendy's Big Show on the Fan. Gentlemen, the answer is yes. They should run. Okay. They should run a lot more. And not because it's the flavor of the week, the the Rams, Titans, Niners, or even because it's a LaFleur system. I think Aaron Rodgers probably, well, he's a very smart guy. Some part of him thinks he's 27, but he eventually realizes he's not. If I was giving him advice, I would tell Rodgers to have a couple of virtual scotches with John Elway, another Hall of Fame talent that had great success, went to a bunch of Super Bowls, but when did he win? He won when he had Terrell Davis. He won when he had that offensive line and that scheme. So now is the time for Rodgers to buck up. It can't be about the numbers or the stats. It's always about championships. That's his legacy. Buck up, throw 16 times a game, hand the ball off 30 times, and win. That's what I think. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Dave. Mm. Uh, d- d- I think I'll be having with 16 attempts. See, Gary, that's <laughs> that's the, but that's the thing, though, Gary, and that's where that's where it, it's it could possibly be an issue. Now, I mean, if it's okay, it's all, lies the wrong. right. It's it all is. it's all about yep. winning. Yes. But how many throws am I? Do I have again? I yeah. I can, because again, we start talking about he you, ain't doing Garoppolo when he only, when he didn't throw it for two hours. That ain't happening. That's what I'm saying. And I just don't think you can treat him like he's Garoppolo either. I mean, I, I mean, unless I mean, unless you have a heart to heart with him and just say, dude, you're not the same guy you were at 27. That's really going to oh, burn God, the bridge even more. Ha- it's going to burn the bridge even more. But what other reason do you have of changing this offense unless you don't think I can do it anymore? What's your reason? Because I, well, it's worked well, for all the these years. Is changing, well, the offense is changing because this is my offense. Correct. This is what we do. And then you just tell him, hey. Look at the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. They they threw the ball a lot. But Gary, I mean, the problem is, is they when they came in, well, Lafleur said this is going to be a partnership. Aaron and I are in this together. We're going to right, meld exactly. his I, offense I with my offense. That, right, now all of a sudden, we're going to no, come back and go. Moving. Nope. Now it's going to be my offense. That, well, that's over, Aaron. Yeah, it's moving. It's moving. I mean, it's moving into Lafleur's direction. I mean, we we see that. I just think. Here's what they want. It feels like to me, and I, I don't know. I, I just, it just feels like this offense feels like it has a progression and that there, there's going to be guys open and it's going to have to be some sort of give and take 
to allow Aaron Rodgers to still be the cowboy, the gunslinger. I got Devontae over on this joker here. I know Devontae can beat him. I'm throwing it over here. There's got to be some sort of give and take. They just do. And and Devontae is on the other end of this, too, where Devontae is telling Rodgers, I got this guy. Because receivers go back to the hall all the time, say, man, I can take this joker. Throw the hand up. I can take him. I done set him up all day. I'm ready. I, so it's got to be some sort of that give and take. But what we can't have is Rodgers pretend that he don't hit his man through his helmet. That that don't help it. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. Hey, at Wendy's, they got you for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything in between, whether it's starting your day with their new delicious breakfast menu with those fresh cracked eggs on those uh, sandwiches that they have, just absolutely spectacular, or ending it with a cool frosty. Their restaurants are open to serve you. Swing by the drive through and pick up your uh, go-to meal today. You can even order ahead with a Wendy's app, plus lots of great discounts on the Wendy's app that you can use, too, that you're not going to find anywhere else. And then you swim by, pick it up, or get it delivered to your house. No matter where you are, Wendy's always has your back. And again, drive through opens at 6.30 each and every morning. And don't forget those family-style nuggets still available for the regular chicken nuggets or the spicy chicken nuggets at just $9.99. A piece. Uh, did you guys see the report out earlier today uh, that apparently uh, the San Francisco 49ers during the draft were given some intel uh, that the Green Bay Packers wanted the wide receiver from Arizona State that the Niners traded up to go get? And that yeah, apparently, that yeah, that apparently is why the Niners moved up was to beat the Packers to that pick. I, I'm surprised by that? And exactly how do they get that intel? Listen. They were all getting Jordan Love. That was just a hunch. They were getting Jordan Love. They were not taking a receiver at all. Jordan Love was the guy. That's confirmed. I mean, that I saw that story too. I didn't. I just kind of kept kept flipping because there's no way they were going to move up to get a receiver because they could have got any receiver they wanted. Right. They were moving up, just like you said, Steve. Didn't you say they mandated for him to get LaFleur. love? LaFleur. See, two, two yeah. of these things don't match. So right. somebody ain't got their information right. LaFleur, right. according to Adam Schefter on Friday morning, last Friday, that LaFleur said if they got to a certain point in the draft, he's pretty much going to mandate that they go get the guy that he wanted, and that was Jordan Love. And that's exactly what happened. They went and got him. Now, maybe that wide receiver was the last receiver they had interest in, and once he went to the Niners, they said, okay, our top wide receivers are off the board, Goody. Now I want my guy. Uh, and then maybe that's that's how it went down. Maybe then at that point, Goody said, fine. You know, the guys I wanted are gone. The wide receivers that I wanted are gone. So let's go get them. The one thing it still does say, though, is clearly they were not as big of a fan of Murray at LSU as other people were the linebacker, Gary. Queen. Yeah. Or Queen, I, mean, I should maybe say. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why. I, you know, I mean, and that's another smoke screen. I mean, I, you know, listen, it, it just felt like it's what you guys were just talking about that Jordan Love was their target. And they whether they thought that Indianapolis was going to get him, I don't know what freaked them out, but they moved up and gave up a fourth-round pick to go get this guy. So, um, to me, I, it felt like that was their target all along. And so, I mean, if they wanted a receiver, man, they, they could have got one when they took um, the, the Dylan kid if they wanted to. Or they could have got one when they took the, the Josiah kid if they wanted to. I mean, they could have packaged a couple of those seven-round picks, six-round picks, and still could have moved up to get a receiver. They, they can tell you what they, what they want to, and you can try to make sense of it. 
But here's what it feels like to me, and I think you guys would agree, that Jordan Love was their guy all along. Number one target. It appears that way. Uh, Bring on the love, tweets at the fans. Since 2010, Green Bay has relied on the right arm of 12 and the passing game to get back to the Super Bowl. They have failed. I think that Matt LaFleur was brought in to run his style of offense in hopes to change that, and this year you will see more and more of a transition to his system. And I think that's probably pretty spot on at this point as far as why they brought him in, I would think. Uh, as well. So lots and lots of stuff going on here with this Packers offense and this Packers team going forward. Coming up next, we'll catch a buzz and we have a pro sport getting ready to get back to action back on your TV sets. We'll tell you who that is coming up next, but first an update on the COVID-19 pandemic from CBS News. It's time for the Bofording Sports Buzz of the Day where we discuss today's most buzzworthy sports story. Brought to you by Milwaukee's most buzzed-about beverage. 100% natural Beauforting beer. Go all-natural and drink in the boff. Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. The buzz, well something that happened right away at the beginning of our show and we broke in with the breaking news once it happened during NASCAR's teleconference with their big announcement today, which is they're going to be the first pro sport to get back to action. Uh, And it's going to start coming up May 17th. Uh, They will have a race at Darlington Raceway for the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday, May 17th. They will have pit stops, live pit stops, the whole deal. The only thing that will be different is there will be no fans in the stands. That race, 400 miles, uh, scheduled for 2.30 uh, on that Sunday on Fox. Uh, And then uh, they will have the Xfinity Series race on Tuesday night, the 19th from Darlington. They'll have another cup race on Wednesday night, a 6.30 start on FS1, uh, May 20th. Then they're back on Sunday, May 24th, this time at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the traditional Memorial Day race that they do, which is 600 miles. That will be on Fox with a 5 o'clock Central start. Then they're back again uh, for another cup race on Wednesday, May 27th. That one is 7 o'clock start. Uh, on Fox Sports 1 as well at Charlotte. So not only are they coming back, but they're running two cup races a week, Gary, Sundays and Wednesday nights in primetime, mainly because I'd have to imagine, A, for sponsorship money, Gary, and the other reason is because these TV networks have nothing at this point to run. They're able to snatch up these primetime weeknight slots and take advantage of it. Yeah, you're right, Steve. There's nothing going on right now. And so you look at what what they're trying to do. They're going to try to capitalize on no sports. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people that don't even watch NASCAR. It's going to watch NASCAR because they want to see something. And, and, And to me, this is a template for the NBA, for the NFL, for Major League Baseball, just like a test run to see what it looks like and what will the response will be. Now, you know, you look at NASCAR, you're right. You you got the you got the pit guys. I don't know how many pit guys they have, maybe ten, but you're still gonna have some sort of social touching, not distancing, touching. And then how all that's gonna work. I mean, do you test those guys and the driver? The good thing about it is the drivers twelve members to a long. twelve pit crew 12? members to a team. Right. And then how far away, and I think they're far enough away from the next crew that I think they'll be okay that they don't come in contact. But then, so they have to test mm-hmm. all these, the pit crew and the drivers. I don't know how many um, race cars are going to be in there. So let's just say there's 12 and then multiply that by 
that number. I mean, so that's the number of people that you have, but you're not going to have any fans in the stands. So actually, I'm curious to see, because I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I'm curious to see what it looks like and how it's going to work. See, well, my thing is, my thing is out of all of the sports, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a template or not, because NASCAR, they're in a suit. They have a helmet on. So they already used to have a mask on. The people in the pit crew, they have gloves on. So they probably, probably should have been racing. The safety part of it is with the fans. You're talking about, hey, listen, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, Steve and Gary, at Daytona number one. We get 300,000, 300,000 people in and out of there all day long. And you put 150,000 in the stands, that's the reason why you can't have fans. But back to the drivers, hey, they're used to, listen, they got a helmet on. They had they had this little stocking thing on their head anyway, Steve. Before they put the helmet on, right? Right. Some look look like fire little protection. Snow. Yeah, yeah right. That's what I put thing. on. We played teams in, in um, uh, January. Yeah. Nothing but the eyes. Nothing yeah. but the eyes out. They have on gloves. They have on a fire suit that's protected. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna be safe for the most part. Cause I don't see nothing like. As far as them touching each other, I, as long as they got gloves on and, you know, there's only a few seconds anyway, I think it's a brilliant time for them to come back with it because, I listen, NBA, no uniform. It's just a lot of skin. NFL, that's covered. But it could be the end of the Lambeau Leap. It could be the end of that. Yeah. If first, you don't have well, fans, and then that. you don't want fans touching over everybody. So until they get a vaccine and the therapy, I know they got that one. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Fauci talked about this one particular drug, but that's just the beginning. Then NASCAR can be out in front. They can drive. It's going to be hot anyway, right, Steve? It's going to be hot down in them pits. So maybe when it's hot, everybody get back to normal. But I would love to see... Well, let's maybe sprinkle a few fans in there, maybe 10,000 instead of 100,000, just to get that the roar of the crowd. Other than that, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Now, uh, in this release that I'm looking at here, it says NASCAR officials have collaborated with public, public health officials, medical experts, and local, state, and federal officials to create a comprehensive mm-hmm. plan to ensure the health and safety of competitors and surrounding communities at the above events. All races will be strictly tailored in every way to follow specific guidelines set by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Event procedures will be significantly modified in accordance with CDC and OSHA and state and local government recommendations, including hosting one-day shows at the above tracks, which are all within driving distance of North Carolina race shops, to minimize travel and time spent in a community. There will be no practice sessions for any event, and qualifying will only be held for the Coca-Cola 600. Other adjustments, including mandating the use of protective equipment, health screenings for all individuals before even entering the facility, and maintaining social distancing protocols throughout the entire event. So, yeah, we're going to see how it goes. I I agree, though. I think this is definitely going to be a test balloon for everybody else because if they can make this work, I see no reason why Major League Baseball can't go. I'm like, I just... Major League Baseball, you are just a part in general if you think about it when you're on the baseball field you're not within six feet of first to second or second yes, to shortstop or shortstop to third right, right. Yeah. but they've said in the past or that if, the bullpen, if the they're bullpen. if they're in empty stadiums these guys are just going to be sitting in seats in the stadiums versus sitting yeah. in dugouts so that problem is taken care of so if they can make this work and not have a bunch of guys coming down with COVID-19 where they're gonna have to stop again but if they can get through this without any type of huge outbreak within the series 
I think then baseball can legitimately start talking about starting back up. They're going to. The NBA, uh, though, I think is more difficult because you have the constant touching and contact between players. That's going to be more difficult. Well, you're going to see jerseys now change. Everybody has to change their jersey. You're going to have to have the jersey like they already done. In the warm-up in the NBA, they have the kind of the hoodie on already. Right. They're going to put a hoodie on, and guys may have to play with something similar to that. All the uniforms are going to have to change now. They're going to have to have some kind of uniform. Maybe maybe cover cover a little bit more skin in the NFL, come down to maybe like the not the, the whole – well, you know what? They could have a whole sleeve, but I don't know how Jacksonville and Tampa going – I mean, unless they go to white. You're they got to change the uniforms up to where it's okay for guys to grab and to touch and to not transport anything. So the scientists, they ain't got nothing else to do but work on that. Work <laughs> on a jersey that had no germs on it. You know what I'm saying? You get no some germs, blood germs. on it, it just disappears. It just disappeared. Only you start the game, just press a button and it disappears. It's just silly stuff like that. He is Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, C. Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Wendy's Big Show live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. Check him out for all your plumbing needs. GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Still to come on the show. Uh, we will talk with John Shirley from Sports Info Solutions coming up about one hour from right now. He actually wrote positive things about the Packers draft, so that'll be something different for us to talk about coming up at 445. Before that, though, coming up next, we'll talk with the play-by-play voice on the radio for Boston College football. We'll find out his thoughts on the running back they took uh, for the Green Bay Packers next. Wendy's Big Show served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. Day 50 without sports today, Gary. Did you know that? No, I wasn't keeping track. Day, I don't want to. Day 50. Uh, this part of the Wendy's Big Show is brought to you by ShareLemonade.com. It's your happiness hub. Updated daily. It has hundreds of stories that will remind you just how sweet life can be. Visit ShareLemonade.com and celebrate the good. Uh, Jordan, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, myself, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is John Meter Perel, the play-by-play voice uh, for Boston College football. John, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem, guys. How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Good, John. Uh, people around here, uh, not everybody, but some, uh, <laughs> have not liked the Packers draft. Uh, they weren't high on taking a quarterback where they took a quarterback. They weren't high on taking... Uh, the running back, uh, A.J. Dillon, where they did in the second round. They were even less pleased with taking the tight end out of Cincinnati in the third round. It's not a lot of happy campers from Packers fan standpoint. So we're trying to ease everybody uh, a little bit and try to make people feel better about things. That's why we got you on, John. You're here to put a smile on people's face about A.J. Dillon. Hopefully you can do that. Yeah, happy to do that. I think that was a tremendous pick by the Packers. Uh, tremendous value pick in the second round, guys. I really... Knew going into the combine that he would slay the combine. Uh, I think he was prepared for that pretty much from day one at BC. He, we knew that he was that type of athlete. Uh, Coach Adazi would always tell me, watch out for the combine. That was two years ago. Uh, they knew that he was going to rise to the occasion. A hardworking kid, never took a day off, only missed two games, but other guys would have missed probably eight or ten with that type of injury that he had. Uh, he was definitely hindered, maybe came back too soon, but he still gutted it out. And, you know, it was all ACC every year he played at BC. It was, in my eyes, uh, it was 1A and 1B, Travis Etienne and A.J. Dillon as the top two backs in the, in the conference. So 
you know, I think it was maybe not a need pick for Green Bay at that point. I know you have Aaron Jones, but, you know, I look at it as A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Are you kidding me? That's going to be a tough one-two combo for any defense to stop. John, what exactly are we getting? What is his skill set? His skill set is uh, a ferocious downhill runner. Uh, that you know, he put up the four or five at the combine, and but he has football speed. By what you guys know, what I mean by that, I mean yeah. not only will he run over you, he will run away from you. He's not going to win a track meet necessarily. It's kind of sneaky fast, but he is just determined to pummel you. I mean, you can go back. I'm sure you've seen it. The run at Louisville that was his coming out party when he put up 272 yards and he posterized the defensive back and he shed him like a flea. I mean that. I don't know if you'll see that right away at the NFL level, but he's that type of back guy. He's Derrick Henry, maybe Derrick Henry life. I think that's a really good comparison. Um, you know, and again, a guy that's willing to work. He's not really satisfied. He's got a chip on his shoulder now. He felt like he was better than the second round. He felt like he was, you know, denied that top three, four running back mantle. So he's coming to Green Bay with a chip on his shoulder, ready to prove people wrong. Yeah, the reason why I liked it because I, I well, playing a safety, when they stacked the box, it didn't matter. He had over two thousand yards after contact, and but the, a lot of people been like uh, barbershop talk. Well, you know the guy has a lot of production. He had six hundred thirty-six attempts. That's too much for a running back. I said, yeah, but he only fumbled twice, and that's the kind of production that you need in the NFL. If you're gonna run the ball that amount. You still got some good young legs coming into it, and they need this, especially with the LaFleur offense or running those stretch-style plays that he's used to running. Absolutely. That's a great point about his uh, lack of fumbling. Uh, Hard-pressed to remember those two fumbles. And he carried – yeah, he does have some tread. There's no doubt. And I think that was the red flag for a lot of NFL talent evaluators. He carries the ball too much. But you know what? That shows his durability too. And also I heard throughout the draft process, oh, he can't catch the ball. You know why he can't catch the ball? Because D.C. didn't need him to catch the ball. They want him to run the ball 30 to 5, 35 to 40 times. Yeah, it'd be nice if you can catch it 32, but they really didn't, that wasn't part of their offense. He wasn't featured in that that way. It was a power offense. Adazio ran that type of offense. Uh, he knew what he had in Dillon, so why not run him? You know, A.J. wanted – he was a classic bell cow running back. And, you know, he probably won't be that right away with Jones in front of him. But eventually, I think he's going to be that type of back in the league. Uh, talking with John Amita Perel, the uh, Boston College football play-by-play guy on the radio. Ben Fennell, who we have on all the time, who's uh, an analyst uh, for ESPN, uh, NFL Network for the draft, all that fun stuff. Uh, put this little nugget out earlier today. Uh, interesting nugget in Pro Football Focus draft guide on Packers running back A.J. Dillon. Zone runs 90, tied for 124th in college football. Man gap runs 224, number one in college football. Boston College utilized a pro-style run game with heavy power and counter elements under center, multiple tight end sets. The Packers, uh, they run a heavy zone scheme. Do you see any issues with A.J. Dillon transitioning to this type of running game? I don't. I think it may be a slight adjustment at the early going, but I really don't. I think he's he's definitely can adapt. I think he can smart enough to recognize the scheme might be an issue, so he'll work harder at it. I think he'll come into camp ready to go whenever camp starts. I think that you know he'll be ready for that. I think probably, and who knows? Maybe Lafleur adjusts the offense a little bit. Maybe he tinkers a little bit to adjust to AJ's strengths. The 15, 10, 15 carries Dylan probably gets 
right off the bat. Uh, maybe they adjust. So it gives them a good one-two change up with Jones and Dillon. But I don't see that as a problem, guys. I really don't see many flaws in his game. Maybe not a great blocker, but uh, yeah, I think he'll pick that up. I think, again, I think there's so much room for him to grow, even though he's reached such a high level already. I think there's also room there for areas that to address a weakness. If you want to nitpick, maybe blocking is one of them. Yes, you could say maybe receiving because of lack of experience. But other than that, I don't see many weaknesses. Yeah, that was my next point, John, because you got you got Aaron Rodgers on the center. He, he wants to throw it around a little bit. I, I would assume that because he lined up and you guys ran the ball a lot that he didn't get a lot of receptions at, at Boston College. That's exactly right. He had 13 last year. Uh, we thought he might get more. Dodgers talked about it a lot, uh, trying to get it. You know, they knew they wanted to kind of work on that aspect of the game, especially for the NFL to make him a more well-rounded back. But it became less of a focus when he was just pummeling people and right. stacking eight and nine in the box and still pick up a buck fifty, two hundred yards a game. So, you know, it was kind of like, what are we doing here? Why we? <laughs> he can split out as a. Imagine him at 255 pounds split out guys wide, which they did last year. That's, a, that's tough for a defense to handle. Yeah, my, my biggest thing is, is I'd like to, <clears throat> when you when a running back, out of every running back in the draft, all of these guys, how many times did they run against a stacked box? That means, in other words, you got the free safety sitting right there in the A and the B gap. You got three linebackers. You got a, I mean, you got seven, eight guys up front, and you still get yardage. He did it 44% of the time. That's the reason why the Packers say, listen, the numbers match to what he thinks. They also think he can be a pretty good receiver as well. Because, listen, his punishment will be in the fourth quarter when they need to keep the ball. And now you, now Aaron Jones can only play 16 games back-to-back, -back, but he can become the workhorse in the fourth quarter when they're up in a lot of these games. Absolutely. Another good point, I think. That's exactly what AJ will will help you with. That fourth quarter, that's AJ Dillon time. He will puncture you. He will wear you down. Go ahead. I know it's a big boy game now, but you know he faced. Think about the defenses he faced on a weekly basis, guys in the ACC. Some of the top teams in the country, see Clemson, of course, and you know he had a lot of success against pretty much everybody. So he's used to that. Uh, I don't think it'll be that difficult of a transition, but you, you want to talk about wearing a defense down, that's a guy that can do it. Talking with John Meter Perella, a play-by-play -play guy for Boston College uh, football here on The Fan on the Wendy's Big Show. I got one more for you. On your coaching staff uh, at Boston College, it's a guy that yep. – I thought was going to be the head coach at the University of Wisconsin after Barry Alvarez, and that's Brian White, who was here, offensive coordinator for the Badgers uh, for a while as well. How is he doing? Love Brian White. He is an outstanding guy. Not only uh, not only a great coach, but off the field as well. He's doing he's doing re he's doing really well. He's at Colorado State with Steve Adazio, uh, joined his staff on the offensive side. Uh, he's got a real tight relationship with Adazio. Their wives are really good friends. So great. Great move for him. He loved the Boston area. He's a Boston guy. Went to Harvard. Uh, old Harvard quarterback. But, you know, really, really good football line. But an even better guy. Yeah, I was a big fan of Brian. I used to talk to him all the time. All right, there he is. He is John Meter Perel of Play-by-Play uh, -play Guy for Boston College Football here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Thank you so much, man. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure.
Take care. There he is, John Meter Perel on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Gary, did you think Brian White was going to get that job at, at one point? No. Really? No. Man, back in the day, I, I, I thought everybody thought he was going to get it. And then instead he ended up, where he left? And where did he go? Florida or something like that? Yeah, I th- I think, and then I Bielema think... ended up getting it after only been there for one year? Right. Right, most people. The, well, the 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 line was, um, who was the guy that was with uh, Russell Wilson? Um, then in in Minnesota, the offensive coordinator that played quarterback at uh, Daryl Bevel. Oh, That's where everybody thought was gonna get the job. I mean, he was like the guy. And then um, when when that didn't happen, then of course they fell back to some other people. But the, he was that that was the guy that was in line that everybody thought was gonna get it. Never happened. There he is, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler with you. Coming up, it's the 4 o'clock hour. Do you you buy that Jordan Love was drafted for Matt LaFleur to have leverage on Aaron Rodgers like Bob McGinn uh, reported a couple days ago? We'll discuss that coming up next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 